Meditation for the Manic, Part 4, Mindfulness for Success. An essential purpose of meditation is to cultivate an inner life. The contemplative Thomas Merton said, When we live superficially, when we are always outside ourselves, never quite with ourselves, always divided and pulled in many directions by conflicting plans and projects, we find ourselves doing many things that we do not really want to do, saying things we do not really mean, needing things we do not really need exhausting ourselves for what we secretly realize to be worthless and without meaning in our lives. Our goal is to become aware of inner life within us. Some call it the unconscious or subjective side of ourselves, but mystics, including Jesus, have taught that we can also discover our connection with a holy presence within ourselves. And through that holy presence, we can also experience an affinity for or even a sense of oneness with all life. This, in short, is enlightenment. This, in short, is heaven on earth. Knowing you are one with God and through the experience of that oneness and awareness of being one with everyone and everything else, nirvana is living with that knowing, your exterior life and your inner life in harmony. Enlightenment does not mean you have some sort of spiritual superpower. I'm one with God, now I'm going to go kick some ass. No, it's nothing complicated. Enlightenment means keeping it simple. Remember, the goal is not to become one with God, but to patiently awaken to the fact that you already are, to create the space, the openness, the vulnerability, the transparency, the intimacy within yourself to allow God to awaken in you. Thus, living a meditative life, our first goal is awareness, just to be mindful. This is the first level of mindfulness, awareness. Take a few minutes in the morning, close your eyes, feel your breath, appreciate the moment. Like a train changing tracks, your thoughts will turn inward. Move from defensive to receptive, from projected to reflective. There you are, your inner life. This is the secret of meditation and mindfulness. It's not about the time and silence. It's what you do with it after. The real meditation is your ability to maintain a sense of inner life into and throughout your day. Close your eyes and think about a moment in which you were most proud a time when you remembered your relationship with the sacred. Now, how long can you carry the essence of this knowing, of this moment, with you? That's what meditation is like. Instead of living superficially, our life controlled by the exterior of schedules, media, traffic signals, and unconscious mood swings, we are sincere. We have basic awareness. We have ownership over our own composure. And do you know what I mean by that? Self-awareness, active self-awareness. It helps you to be an individual in your life instead of just a victim of it. This is one of the great ways you can use mindfulness for success in your life. You can approach normal things and bring sincerity to them. Awareness, creativity, even joy. When you have real mindfulness, you don't just go through the motions. 
you bring yourself into the mundane and your uniqueness begins to shine. As you continue a meditation practice, what most practitioners notice is what is generally called the witness. The witness is the second level of mindfulness. The witness is like your awareness looking into a mirror and becoming aware of itself. You become aware of being aware of being aware. Ken Wilber would say, You can indeed be aware of your body, but you can also be aware of your mind. You can right now notice all the thoughts and ideas and images floating in the front of the mind's inward eye. Only by bringing awareness to the mind can you begin to transcend the mind and be free of its limitations. Now, I've never not been stuck with myself, but I get his point. Did you ever feel like you're being watched by God's transcendent eyeball? Like it's judging you? Very uncomfortable in the shower, right? Well, the witness is like that, but it's you, and hopefully it's free from judgment. Freud called that perceived I the superego. It's a judgmental God if you grew up religious, or it's your abusive parent, or a strict teacher. But if you're spiritually dialed, aware of your inner life, it's just you, without judgment, aware of yourself. The witness is cool. Now, pragmatically, this may sound woo-woo, but it's changed my life. Because I can be angry and also behold myself being angry from a part of me that's not. I can be frightened, worried, sad, but from a place that is more than that. I can be confused and clear as a bell that I'm confused. This is the key to possessing your issues instead of having your issues possess you. This helps at work. It helps with your spouse and with your parents and with your kids. The danger of the witness is when you forget to be what you're witnessing. Some people, they get so set and comfortable in observing life that they forget to live it. Don't be one of those people. They're not as annoying as the thought police, but they're just as nauseating. The other danger of the witness is that you have to take responsibility for your own behavior. You can no longer claim to have not been yourself. No, I was not myself. No, I I don't know what I was thinking. Yes, you do, because you just watch yourself do that. Now, there's yet another level I have found through meditation and mindfulness practice. I think I'd call it knowingness. In short, it's when the witness isn't just aware, but it's aware with the knowing of a higher truth. Mindfulness can be aware of sadness, but the knowingness can hold a place of gratitude. You can be aware of anger, but also of an immense love. You can be aware of fear, but also deep trust. Mindfulness can be aware of sadness, but the knowingness can hold a place of gratitude. I am so grateful that there seems to be a part of me that is always in touch with a greater truth. It is often not the all of me, but that it's even a part of me is a big deal sometimes. Our bodies are very important, but I like to think we just have lots of bodies, just like many spiritual traditions teach. A body of form that desires health and food and survival. An emotional body that desires safety and peace. An intellectual body that desires to know and understand. And a spiritual body that seeks to express the divine in all that we do. That seeks to be blessed and a blessing in this world. 
For me, you need all of the bodies, but I'm so grateful to have the spiritual one. When I'm in fear about a meeting or what's going to happen next, that's a time for me to be aware of that body that's in gratitude always, that is always ready to express the spirit of itself. A better definition of mindfulness for me would not be an awareness of what you're doing, but of who you're being in what you're doing. When you're in a problem, the question, what am I to do, is not always the best question. The better question is often, who am I called to become? It's who you become that becomes more the creative factor than what you choose to do. That's mindfulness for success. From awareness, to witness, to knowingness, and finally, to being fully who you are, wholly and entirely in your life.